was the Quran the words of Muhammad or was it the words of God? In the Quran itself, it describes the words of the Prophet Muhammad as being inspiration. Once we know that the Quran was the inspiration of God, this idea that it was God that was speaking to Muhammad every single letter uh, and word of the Quran falls. My dear brother Ali. Good to have you here. It's an honor to be here. The honor is mine. So today uh, we want to answer the question of is the Quran uh, the words of God or is it the words of Muhammad Yes. And I think that the answer to that uh, might come across a little bit shocking uh, to people because it is the words of the Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace and blessings be upon him and his family, and it is not the words of God. Yes. Okay, so what does that mean? Uh, it's a very controversial statement, and at first it would seem as if we are uh, trying to say that uh, the Qur'an is made up or it is not uh, from God, uh, but that is not exactly what we are saying. And to, for, in order for the viewer to understand, uh, we have to tap into uh, the topic of revelation. And uh, explore the methods of communication that God had through, uh, had between him and his divinely appointed uh, representative on earth. And so, uh, Prophet Muhammad, he claims to be a messenger. And just like any messenger that came before him, uh, a messenger carries a message. And he claims to be Rasulullah, a messenger from God. And so that message had to come from God. And so there must have been communication between Muhammad and between God in order for his claim to be valid. Yes. But what did that, uh, what was the nature of that communication? What did it look like? Uh, we have a verse in the Qur'an uh, which states that it was not for any man to speak to God except uh, that he inspires him or that he speaks to him from behind a veil or that he sends a messenger and that messenger inspires, um, you know, he inspires him with whatever uh, he wills. Verily, God is high and wise. And so we see that, that uh, the Quran states right off the bat that if somebody claims to be in communication with God, including Muhammad, that these were the ways that Muhammad communicated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At times, there was a messenger that was between God and between Muhammad. And that messenger would be the archangel Gabriel, 
that many narrations state and mention that he was this in-between, this bearer of the message uh, between God and between the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, he would come down to the Prophet Muhammad and he would deliver a command. And we find that also uh, in the stories of the prophets and the messengers in Judaism, uh, in Christianity, uh, in the Hebrew Bible, in the New Testament, uh, they believed as well that God would communicate with his messengers through means of a third party or a messenger that would deliver a message to them. And this is clear when God sends his angels to Lot uh, to bring down the punishment and the message the, that God is about ready to bring down a punishment or when he sends them towards Abraham. He doesn't talk to Abraham directly. He has to talk to Abraham. He has to talk to Lot through these messengers that are coming down to inform them of what God has decreed. Uh, when he sends an angel to Joshua, when he's in the middle of the battlefield, when he sends an angel to Gideon to inform Gideon uh, that the Lord is with him, uh, we see here that, that it is as the verse stated that uh, God communicates to his messenger through a third party, a messenger that is carrying an inspiration from God. And the same thing is true when we're talking about the general, the general population that are on the receiving end of the, of any message from God. Uh, and, and they themselves are not prophets or messengers. It always takes place, uh, through a third party. And in this case, the third party would be, uh, the prophet Muhammad and the other prophets and messengers that are human beings and they're going to other human beings carrying uh, this message. There's the other form of communication uh, that uh, the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him and his family, had uh, with God was uh, a more direct form, and that was through uh, inspiration. God would inspire the Prophet Muhammad in his sleep and also while he was awake. Um, and the narrations also make that clear, where the Prophet Muhammad, in certain traditions, he would wake up uh, from a dream, and in that dream, God would be speaking to him and telling him of something that's going to happen in the future. And a famous example of that is when the prophet saw in his sleep that there were apes that were jumping on his member, on his platform, and he was able to uh, interpret the dream and extract from it a message from God. And the message that he extracts is that after he passes away, the Bani Umayyah are going to be uh, usurping his station and speaking in his name and jumping on his platform and corrupting uh, his message. What would happen in the dream state would also happen with the prophet uh, during the day uh, at times where uh, somebody would ask him uh, a question and he would uh, get a feeling uh, in his heart and uh, from this feeling in his heart, he would speak. And so he would have to interpret uh, 
the message that's coming to him in the sleep in the case of inspiration and also interpret the message that's coming to him uh, during wakefulness uh, it would be de- uh, it would be coded and he would have to decode it it would be spoken to him in the language of feelings or the language of images that he sees in a dream and he would have to act as a translator and for that reason in the hadith or the narrations of the Ahlul Bayt uh, you have like some du'as where uh, we call upon the Ahlul Bayt and give them the title of being the translators of the inspiration and so we know now that uh, prophets, messengers uh, would would have to translate the words of God that are given to them uh, in that form of communication, and that is the uh, divine inspirations. And we see this also is true in Judaism and Christianity, uh, where uh, Joseph, for example, would receive messages from God through dreams. He sees the 11 planets and the sun and the moon prostrating to him, and Jacob is able to extract or translate uh, what God is trying to tell Joseph uh, in the dream. And uh, we have the visions of Daniel, of course, whereby Daniel is receiving these visions and he states what the visions are in the Holy Scripture. And next to it, he has in there the translation of those dreams, what he was able to extract, the message he was able to extract uh, from this language that was being spoken to him. And uh, he speaks it then in the language of the people of his time in order that they too can uh, understand what God is trying to say. And then we have the, the third and final method of communication, and that is uh, the method, the special method of communication uh, that God uh, first used with his servant Moses, who has the title as being the Kalim Allah, or the one who speaks to God. And, uh, and we find that, uh, the, that God states that actually, uh, with Moses, it was the first time where he ever spoke to somebody directly, plainfully, uh, plainly, uh, where God uses human words to communicate his message and he uses a voice uh, that is heard by the physical ears uh, of a human being. Uh, and so God saves the messenger the trouble of trying to decode and place in his own words uh, the message which was delivered to him, but rather God does that for himself. And uh, the reason is given, you know, that it is because Moses uh, was given the task of leading 600,000 Israelites, whereby previous prophets and messengers, uh, they were only communicating with uh, fewer numbers of people. Abraham, he only had his family around. Um, you know, Noah, the only people that were with him on his ark were his family. And uh, the prophets and messengers that came before, uh, they all were speaking to, um, you know, small numbers of people. So it didn't necessitate that God speak to the messenger. 
in such a clear way. It was not necessary. There was not. It was not of the utmost importance uh, that uh, the message is delivered absolutely crystal clear. And in the Hebrew Bible, uh, there's an incident where basically Moses is the most humble of people. Uh, he's a prophet messenger. He's in communication with God. But there are also uh, two other people uh, that are messengers at that time, and that is Aaron and Miriam, the siblings of Moses. And God inspires them. Uh, he gives them dreams. Uh, he puts things in their heart, and, and they speak it. They have to translate and speak it to the people. Uh, the voice that Moses is hearing, though, uh, it's only him that's hearing it. And it's always from behind a veil, uh, like the verse in the Quran stated. Initially, it's from behind the veil of the burning bush. And then uh, that voice that Moses hears from behind the burning bush, and nobody else is hearing it, uh, instructs Moses to build an ark. And, uh, and it instructs Moses to build on top of the ark two cherubim that have their wings stretched towards one another. Uh, whereby they're veiling the center uh, in between the, the angels. And in between the angels is the seat of mercy, whereby the Spirit of God, veiled behind the wings of the cherubim, communicates uh, to Moses. And God, uh, so Aaron and, 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 and Miriam, who are not experiencing the voice of God directly, and it's only something that Moses is experiencing, uh, they become a little bit agitated uh, with Moses and they, they pose the question, they say to one another, you know, is God not communicating with us too? As if to say, you know, we're just as good as Moses. Uh, Moses is not better than us. And this angers God. And God speaks to Aaron and he speaks to Miriam and he tells them that it is because Moses is leading this big number of people that he's given this task and he tells them that his method of communication with Moses is actually superior uh, to theirs because Moses is receiving the message crystal clear. He doesn't have to translate it. He doesn't have to translate it and uh, he punishes them basically uh, for what it is that they state. And uh, this uh, method of communication uh, with Moses, uh, it continues on. And we see not before Moses, but after Moses, that certain prophets and messengers who, uh, not all of them, but uh, certain ones that came after Moses, uh, such as Samuel, uh, were able to uh, carry on with hearing uh, the voice uh, of God, which was described as a voice from 360 uh, degrees, uh, that only they could that only they could hear. But He would always communicate with them from behind uh, the veils of the holiest of holies, or uh, behind the wings of the cherubim uh, on top of the uh, Ark of the Covenant. And so, those are the three methods of communication. And we find that uh, just like the Prophet Muhammad uh, received the true dreams and the inspiration into his heart and he spoke it to answer questions or to interpret uh, you know, uh, 
certain words or commandments of God. And just like the Prophet Muhammad uh, communicated with God through a third party, and that was the Archangel Gabriel, we find also that the Prophet Muhammad did speak to God directly and did hear his voice uh, firsthand. And this occurred uh, when the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him and his family, uh, went on the night journey. And the night journey occurs early on in the life of the Prophet Muhammad, and he's taken uh, into the heavens, and eventually he's taken to Jerusalem. Uh, and during his trip to the heavens, he's rising in ranks, and he's going and reaching uh, the different layers of the heavens. He passes through uh, the first uh, heaven and he meets and greets with the angels there. And he sees uh, the prophets and the messengers that their rank uh, made them reach that place. And then he goes to the second, he goes to the third, he goes to the fourth, he goes to the fifth. Uh, he's rising. And this is an indication that the Prophet Muhammad's rank was extremely high because if it wasn't, he wasn't going to be able to go through these higher realms uh, or these higher heavens, so to speak. And so he sees uh, John the Baptist uh, in the narration of the night journey. He sees Jesus. He sees uh, Moses. Uh, he's communicating uh, with all of the uh, prophets and the messengers. And then the Prophet Muhammad uh, breaks through and reaches, along with Gabriel, a certain point that no man has ever uh, reached before. And it was at that point that Gabriel tells Muhammad, I can't go any further. Uh, if I go any further, my wings are going to be burnt. Only you can go forward uh, from this point. And uh, Muhammad goes forward and he reaches this emerald curtain or veil. And on the other side of the veil is God. And it is there that God speaks to Muhammad in the same way that he spoke to Moses. Uh, Peace, uh, peace and blessings be upon him. And Muhammad, there is even a penetration in the veil whereby the light of God shone through. Yes. And this whole experience uh, that Muhammad had on that night and uh, the rank of two bows or less and the communications that took place between Muhammad and God on that night are of extreme importance. And it is a topic that we're going to have to uh, go into in a, another episode. But for the sake of this episode, now that we've established that Muhammad had these uh, three methods of communication you know, between him and God, and we also pointed out that some of the other prophets and messengers had several or, or uh, had all three or had two of these methods of communication and some other messengers only had one, uh, such as the, the, the difference was between Aaron and uh, Moses, uh, peace be upon them. We circle back around uh, to the question of was the Quran, the words of Muhammad or 
or was it the words of God? And we, the answer to that uh, is in the Quran itself. For in the Quran itself, it describes the words of the Prophet Muhammad as being inspiration. It states about the Quran that it was inspiration. It says it is nothing but inspiration that was inspired. And so once we know that the Quran was the inspiration of God, this idea that it was God that was speaking to Muhammad, every single letter uh, and word of the Quran falls. And also this idea that Gabriel would come down and teach the Prophet Muhammad, recite to him and force him to recite back to him uh, every single word from the Quran also falls. But rather the truth of the Quran is that it was truths. It was the inspiration. It was an essence. It was a meaning that was given to the Prophet in his heart and the Prophet had the job to be the translator of the inspiration and to speak it to the people in a word and words that they could understand. It was brought down as a feeling. It was brought down as a meaning. It was brought down as a truth. And it was spoken in clear Arabic by a prophet of God. Okay. And we have further uh, proof in the in the uh, in some of the surahs of the Quran, for example, in Surah Al-Fatiha, uh, there's a verse where uh, it states, It is you that we worship and it is you that we depend on. Uh, and so whose words are these? Is it God's direct words where God is revealing to the Prophet Muhammad this verse word for word? Is it God that states, it is you that we worship and it is, and it is you that we depend on? Or rather, if God was speaking the exact words, he would have said, it is I who you worship and it is I who you depend on. So it is clear that this speaker in Surah Al-Fatiha is actually the Prophet Muhammad and that Surah Al-Fatiha is a prayer that God inspired the Prophet Muhammad to speak. And so the prayer itself, the meaning of it is, is the same. It's guarded. And that is that God is the one who we worship and it is God who is the one that we depend on. But the exact phrasing was the phrasing of the Prophet Muhammad And it was the Prophet Muhammad who uh, wrote the Quran and dictated the Quran in his own words. And it is also clear from verses in the Quran and from the narrations that at times the Prophet 
would give a verse and that verse would be forgotten, but that God would still safeguard the message and he would replace any verse that was forgotten with a better verse. Why? Because it's the meaning that's preserved. The message uh, the prophet never forgot. But he might have forgotten the wording which, whereby it came out. So he would have to reword it. Uh, but the message is always preserved and it is never forgotten. Thank you. And so that was the great struggle uh, that the prophets and the messengers had. And, and it was the struggle to, to be able to successfully and clearly and coherently uh, take this information that was being downloaded uh, in their chests and deliver it to the people in a human language. Uh, that is their job. That's why God chooses uh, a man to represent his word because it is a man that's able to communicate in, in, in human uh, or in man language uh, to the rest of, of uh, mankind. And... Now that we know this, uh, we also know that uh, the verse from the Quran that says that it is only inspiration that is inspired, this does not just apply to the, the, what the Prophet Muhammad placed in the Quran, but rather um, everything that he spoke was inspiration. Because there's a verse in the Quran that states and he does not speak from his self or from desire. It is only inspiration that's inspired to him. And so the Prophet Muhammad, every single word that he spoke, and this took place especially after the night journey, which occurred early on in his message, and we'll explain in the next episode why it was uh, the case after the night journey. Um, but all the words of the Prophet Muhammad and every action and every step that he took was not from himself, but rather it was inspired from God. And, and therefore, the Quran is not just limited to what is in the physical book, but rather the Prophet himself is the Quran and his actions are the Quran and all of the true hadiths. Uh, that the the prophet spoke, all of his words were also Quran. They were also uh, inspiration from God. And that is a reason why, too, uh, the prophet was given this, um, he had this seal. And the seal stated that, uh, that the seal stated, go in any, go forth in any direction that you will, verily, you are victorious. And so the prophet, after the night journey, all of his words being inspiration, all of his actions being inspiration, any action that he took would have been an enforced one and would have been an action from God. And anybody who was around the prophet Muhammad, they would have been around God because it would be not the Prophet Muhammad that they are communicating with or asking questions to or giving gifts to or establishing a relationship with, but rather 
they would be giving gifts or talking with or, or and the responses would be all inspirations and responses from God. And therefore, whoever finds the prophet of Allah has found Allah because Allah was inseparable from the uh, prophet Muhammad and the prophet Muhammad was merely a translator uh, so that the people that were existing in that time could establish a relationship uh, with God. And the more that you knew Muhammad, the more that you knew Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and so those who seek to have a relationship with God have to have a relationship with the messenger. And those who know the messenger come to know God. And those who are unable to know the messenger are unable to know God. And those who fight against the messenger fight against God. And those who, who um, you know, attack the messenger or mock the messenger, they're actually attacking or they're mocking uh, God. So we'll pause at that point and uh, we'll, leave, we'll leave it there and we'll continue to build on this, uh, this topic over the course of the, of the coming period uh, so that a, a picture becomes more and more clear and we see how uh, the religion is a man and, and that man is the translator, the spokesperson, uh, the existence of... God, so to speak, uh, in creation. Uh, thank you for joining me, Ali. Thank you so much, Abbas um, It was, from what I understood, is that God chose the Prophet messengers because they were actually able to um, understand and they were able to translate his words. And uh, out of all of them, uh, Prophet Muhammad وسلم, was the, the best translator and was the one who understood God the most and he so therefore he was able to translate uh, his words like none of them before and he was the best representative of God therefore and uh, it was beautiful thank you so much for that Osak. thank you so much Ali.